Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, where we talk Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and the SEC. I am Parrish Alford with the Daily Journal. I'm joined by Michael Katz, our Ole Miss beat writer. We're missing Theo DeRosa of the Columbus Dispatch today. He's uh, uh, on IR, but uh, he'll be back with us soon, so he'll he'll get uh, get better and, and get back with us. Michael, how are you, man? Uh, other than the, the power outage I just had for uh, no apparent reason, everything is 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 good in Oxford. Well, you, you didn't know we had these rolling blackouts in Mississippi, did you? You you were unaware. Well, yeah, no, it's uh, I, I guess uh, my my sister's coming to visit from California, so I guess she's bringing that with her because that is a very big thing in California. Well, that that's good. First time in Mississippi for her, will it be? Yes, yes. Uh, the, the as she like to say the furthest south she's ever been is I think like Houston, Texas. Well, you know, that's pretty south, man. You're all it is. It is. Yeah, you're pretty pretty close to the Gulf Coast down there. You know, you're kind of uh in the hurricane danger zone. So that's that's she's she's been around. That's that's good. So where where now because you are what a year and a half into uh, your Mississippi citizenship uh uh, where do you take a California visitor in in Oxford? Well, what's what are the first places to see? The well, the most important thing that she she really wanted to go to an SEC football game, so she got a ticket to the Auburn game. Um, she wants to tailgate, and it's like I hate to tell you this, but the game's at eleven a.m., sister. So like you know, I'm not waking up that early. I mean, I wake up really, but I'm not waking up that early. So uh, she's gonna figure it out. Um, but yeah, so she's, she's excited to go to the game. Um, and then I think, um, I think the biggest thing, I think her one request is that she wants to try proper biscuits and gravy. (laughs) That was her request. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll figure that out. Well, I hadn't thought about that, man. Biscuits and gravy, not, not a thing in LA can't find uh, uh, no i mean you can find them but i, I think i'm basically just going to take her a big bag big bad breakfast and i think yeah. she'll be okay well, unfortunately the, unfortunately the waffle house here isn't open um because i want her to experience a waffle house just i don't it, you know it, it's an it's it's not a body experience generally yeah all right well i hope y'all have a, a good visit i'm glad she was able to get uh a ticket to the game because I know that uh, Ole Miss has announced it as a sellout. I know Lane Kiffin was calling on Ole Miss fans to kind of recreate that uh, Kentucky atmosphere of a couple of weeks ago. He credited them with some false starts by the Wildcats and and some, uh, you know, said they affected the game. He wants to see that again uh, against Auburn. Uh, this is different, Michael. This is, you know, Kentucky's a team that Ole Miss has had some success against. And I, you know, I see the struggles going on at Auburn. Everybody sees the struggles because Auburn plays everything out like, uh, you know, wearing emotions on its sleeve and social media. Everybody sees what's going on at Auburn all the time. But this is a team that Ole Miss has not had much success with uh, at all, just 4-18 and 18 against Auburn in the 2000s. Uh, but I look at this Auburn team, I'm still trying to figure out how they beat Missouri. They're 3-3, three and three, but they feel like – two and four, and all of a sudden uh, they're in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium and Ole Miss is favored by 15 points, you know, not not five, 15, but two touchdowns and, you know, and a conversion in there. Does Ole Miss win this game one, and, and do they cover? Do they cover 15 points? 
I do think they win. It's it's interesting because, like you said, they're, this is not a program that Ole Miss is generally successful against. I think it's 35 and 11 if you count all the – uh, all the vacated stuff. Um, Auburn is 35 and 11 against them, which is uh, pretty stunning. Uh, last six. Um, another stat that, again, is crazy, especially given everything going on at Auburn, is I believe the last two Auburn coaches who got fired got fired after losing to Ole Miss, uh, which, again, is is crazy, and everybody knows what's going on with Brian Harson. So there are a lot of storylines. This is not a – a great Auburn team. Um, they, they struggle up front. Uh, you know, their, their quarterback situation is kind of a mess. Uh, Robbie Ashford is the guy now. He was an Ole Miss commit, uh, you know, way back when. Yeah, uh, he was. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and I think he was the third guy on the depth chart when the season started. And TJ Finley got hurt and was kind of ineffective. And Zach Calzada is out for the year. You know, Tank Bigsby, their running back, is averaging like 4.4 yards a carry. He's, you know, he hasn't had a lot of help. Uh, their defense isn't that great. But, you know, all that being said, like this feels like a game that might be closer than it should be just because it kind of always feels like it's that way um, with, with with Auburn. Uh, I, I think Ole Miss is, is, is going to break away um, late. I think they're more talented. They're better coached they're in a better just a way better place as a program but uh you know Auburn still does have some some good players and I think that when you get into these SEC games uh, talent matters and I think that's what's going to keep it close um you know just some some matchups up front and um just you know I'm not saying there's like a there's not like a mental block there or anything for Ole Miss and Auburn but uh, I think Auburn you know given what's happened what happened last year and what's happened the last six years, uh, I, I think Auburn is going to be confident. They're still playing hard under Harson. You know, they haven't quit or anything. Uh, I, 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 you know, and that Georgia game last week wasn't great, but not many people play well against Georgia, unless you're Missouri, which I still don't really understand that one. But uh, I, I think Ole Miss wins. I don't know if they cover, but I think my score prediction is like 31-21. Yeah. Uh, I think they win. I think they win by, by double digits, but I'm not sure if they cover. Well, it was like into the second half, uh, maybe third quarter before Georgia really pulled away. Isn't that right? I, I looked up, I saw 14 to three for a while, and I, I I knew or I believed, given Auburn's offense, that that was pretty much decided at that point. But uh, it ended up 42 to 10, but it didn't get ugly until later. Is that right? Yeah, no. And again, like there, it, it's you get these situations where a coach is on the hot seat and everybody's talking. Everybody's been talking about Brian Harson's job since, you know, the summer, even before the summer, um, just with everything that's, you know, all the stuff that happened with with, with him in the offseason. Um, and they've had some lopsided games. That game against Penn State was really, really bad. Uh, 42 to 10 or whatever it was uh, at home. Again, Penn State's a good team, but uh, they're still playing hard, and I think there's something to be said for that. And so, uh, I, I again, like you said, that, that that Missouri game was bizarre, but they kept it close against Georgia. They should have probably beaten LSU. I mean, they were up pretty big early in that one and let it kind of get away from them. Uh, there again, there's there's talent, and and they're playing hard. I just don't know if. Uh, I think that offense is going to hold them back. That offense is is it, it it's pretty atrocious at times. 
Well, they there is talent. They have recruited better than Vanderbilt, so they're going to look different in that regard. It is going to, I think, uh, play out closer uh, for longer. But you mentioned uh, that uh, that Ole Miss is better coached. Now, weren't you around Brian Harson uh, in your your Boise State time? A little, little little bit of time around them there. Why why do you think that uh, that Ole Miss is better coached in this game? So it's it's funny when I was at Boise State, Brian Harson was the head coach, and his tight ends coach was Elijah Drinkwitz, now Missouri's uh, head coach. So uh, the Mountain West, the cradle of SDC head coaches, apparently. But uh, you know, I I I I do think Brian Harson is a good coach, but I just think that Lane Lane Kiffin in, in, in this in this staff have done a really good job, I think, with this Ole Miss team and. Um, I, th- I think this year has been a, a, a good display just with all of the pieces coming together and, and sort of figuring out a, a different sort of identity. Um, you know, they, they kind of know what they are now and, and they are expanding a little bit in terms of the offense and, and getting more comfortable with the quarterback, you know, with, with, with Jackson Dart throwing for 440 whatever yards it was last week. But uh, you know, this is a team that knows it wants to establish the run and play good defense. And that's kind of different from what you think of when you think of, you know, Lane Kiffin teams. And I think that adaptability uh, is the mark of good coaching. And, um, and it's not to say that, you know, Harson's a bad coach or anything, but I just think that Ole Miss is, is just in a, a way better place. And I think part of that is due to coaching and, and getting a, a sort of system and culture in place that um, is, is adaptable. And I think that that's, that is a really big deal. Speaking of coaching, it seemed in Lane Kiffin's first two years as, as they built this offense and became dynamic and, and had a player the caliber of Matt Corral at quarterback that, that when we talked about this Ole Miss offense, it seemed like we talked about Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy, Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy. And we, we know we know Lane's offensive history. We know what he's done at other schools. We know the successful run he had as offensive coordinator at, at Alabama. But there was still that that little uh, th- that feeling, that thought of, okay, was this offense more about Lane Kiffin? He told us he wanted to hire a, a system guy, and he liked that UCF system. And behold, Jeff Levy is here as offensive coordinator, uh, an original member of Lane's staff. But was this more Lane the last two years, or was it Jeff Levy? And I find it interesting. You know, I wish Jeff Levy great success at Oklahoma, but he's not having it right now. Uh, Oklahoma is not putting up numbers similar to what uh, a Jeff Levy offense did at Ole Miss. I don't have any idea about their personnel, and that matters. But, you know, coaching matters too, and they're not doing it at the same level right now that Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin together were able to do. Now, Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss are able to put together a successful offense. This season started out on the ground with a run game, and we've seen some growth from Jackson Dart uh, at quarterback. But as as coaching goes, uh, Lane has been able to keep on right now on, on offense. Now, to me, this Auburn game, one of the most unusual storylines right now is that uh, on Twitter, there are more Auburn fans calling for Deion Sanders to be their coach than there are Auburn fans calling for Lane Kiffin. Okay, uh, would Deion be a good fit at Auburn? What do you think? 
I don't know. Auburn is a, is an interesting job. And I've had this conversation with some people. Um, I don't think it's a good job for, for people who want to, for any coaching staff that wants to go in there and, and, and establish a program that's kind of going to run itself. I, I think that Auburn is very, um, you're going to deal with a lot of politics there and there's going to be a lot of people telling you what to do and, 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 and how to do things. And, um, with staffs like with like Lane and, and, and Deion Sanders, I think those are guys that want to be able to run a program a very specific way and they want free reign to do it. Uh, and Auburn just doesn't feel like a good, I don't think Auburn's going to let anybody do that. And I think whoever the, the Auburn coach is, whether it's, you know, Harson or, or, or the next guy, uh, they're, they're, they're always going to kind of have someone looking over their shoulder. Now I know that they do have, I believe a new athletic director is, is going to be in there and maybe that changes things, but, uh, you know, for, for a while, Auburn has always, has kind of had that, um, there, there's always kind of someone looking over their shoulder. And I think that, I, I don't know if, if just from what we know of, of, of how Deion Sanders wants to do things and, and how Lane does things, it just seems like a really bad fit. That being said, money talks and i know that people uh you know pride is a big thing and and maybe you know uh, you know an, a, a, an established coach wants to take that you know chance and and be the one to save auburn but uh just from a surface level it, it does kind of seem like uh if you don't like to be told what to do i don't think that that's the best place yeah m- money does talk and and maybe that matters with the Deion Sanders contract right now at Jackson State, maybe. But I'm telling you, you hit it on the head there. Auburn has too many fingers in the pie, okay? I mean, look, football is a big business. There are fingers in the pie everywhere you go, but it seems like uh, Auburn, uh, the outside interests there kind of take it uh, to another level. There is nothing I've seen about Deion Sanders running his program at Jackson State that makes me think he's about to form a, a coalition government and, and, and get a lot of uh, a lot of opinions on what should happen in the football program. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think that's the case with Lane Kiffin either. Uh, so, you know, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to, uh, one, see what happens with Brian Harson and, and two, you know, where that uh, that program goes. I mean, Auburn made this a story last year with that uh, – that invest uh, an inquiry into Brian Harson and everything. It just, you know, the way it played out on social media, it's it's just it's going to be discussed. Uh, let's talk Mississippi State a little bit. Uh, the Bulldogs getting ready to go on the road against Kentucky. Uh, Will Levis got hurt. Did he get hurt in Oxford somewhere? And we missed it. You know, there's a foot, maybe turf toe. I, I think is uh, is is what I've heard, and it kept him out of last week's game against. South Carolina. And, you know, Michael, you take anybody's QB1 away and they look different. But there was a noticeable drop uh, when Kentucky got to its second quarterback you know, away from Will Levis. And so they lose that game to South Carolina. Now it looks like uh, I think Levis probably will play against Mississippi State. But do you remember him? Uh, do you remember a foot injury against Ole Miss or a turf toe or something? I remember the finger. <laughs> Yeah, I think we all remember the finger because I think we all saw uh, at least a hundred uh, screen captures of that finger being pointed in very directions that's not supposed to be pointed in uh, after after uh, whatever happened on the field there. But uh, yeah, no, I don't remember anything happened. I mean, he didn't leave the game for that or anything, and and he was in there until the very end, uh, and then all of a sudden he's in a walking boot last week. So 
uh, you know, uh, maybe it's one of those things that reacted later, but I, I don't remember any specific thing that happened against Ole Miss. But like you said, you take away anybody's QB one for the most part, and they're going to struggle. And so, um, you know, credit to South Carolina for, for taking care of business last week. But uh, I do think that if Levis is in there, it's probably a different game. Well, QB one in Starkville really has this team playing at a high level right now. They've looked very good in a three-game home stretch. All right. Uh, their only SEC road game. Now, they got a nice win at Arizona, the Bulldogs do, uh, a rebuilding team that's that's better, better than, than it was last year, uh, the Wildcats. But State's only other SEC road game this season was a colossal disappointment at LSU. And I think LSU is probably better uh, than people thought after the Florida State game. In spite of how they looked against Tennessee last week, I do think they're better than that Florida State game. But there was a whole lot of self-imposed damage for Mississippi State in Baton Rouge. So I'm interested to see how they play uh, at Kentucky. Their last trip to Kentucky was not good. A lot of turnovers. Uh, that was kind of like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I might be, <laughs> the, the I think that was the Will Rogers kind of transition there when when he kind of. Uh, took over as starter, but a lot of turnovers in that game. Now, they had uh, Kentucky's number uh, in Starkville last year, and it was a 12th-ranked team and a big win for State, 31-17. to But these last two weeks, Michael, this has looked like a team that many of us thought we might see from Mississippi State this season, uh, a team experienced, a team making plays, and uh, a lot of that comes with playing at home, and a lot of it comes with, uh, you know, football is, is football, and, and sometimes you get injuries, and each of State's last two SEC opponents have been missing a key playmaker for the first time. Uh, Anaya Smith, the receiver uh, for Texas A&M, and, and K.J. Jefferson, the quarterback at Arkansas. State played so well in those games that those two players were not going to make up that gap. I do think that Arkansas game is a lot closer uh, if K.J. Jefferson plays. Uh, probably those trips inside the 10-yard line uh, turn out differently. They get some points out of those. But I think State was playing so well on offense uh, these last two weeks that those guys were not going to cover those gaps. So I'm interested to see how they play on the road. Uh, it sounds like Will Levis will play. Uh, but it's, you know, we, we got to see if State can bottle up some of this uh, energy. Everybody has more energy at home, but can they bottle it up and take it on the road? That's kind of going to be what tells the tale uh, for this team and whether they're going to be another average seven-win team or something more. I was uh, I was doing a little bit of a stat looking up, and, and bottom of ESPN's bottom line, they do the Heisman uh, – you know, watch or whatever. And I saw CJ Stroud on there and I was like 24 touchdown passes. That's a lot. And then I looked up and saw Will Rogers already has 22 and three interceptions. And those three interceptions, like I think two of them weren't really his fault. Uh, he's really, uh, I know people expect a lot from Mike Leach's air raid quarterbacks and whatnot. Uh, he does look, I mean, he's, he's stretching the field more than he did. Uh, he is in total command. He, he, I mean, he, he's been really impressive. And of course, the ultimate, uh, you know, kind of the cool thing was he was named the SEC Co Offensive Player of the Week with his high school teammate last week, 
Jonathan Mingo. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, you know, Jonathan talked about that and uh, he, he, he and Will Rogers are pretty close. He said Rogers tried to get him to go to state, but uh, that obviously did not work out. Uh, but just uh, Will, Will Rogers is, is really, I know people expect the word system gets thrown around. I think that's dumb. I think if you're a good player, you're good players. Will Rogers is looking really, really good. Yeah, you can still you can be in the system, but you still have to execute. And uh, for for Will Rogers, that meant leading the nation uh, in completion percentage last year, like seventy three nine or seventy four. I mean, getting up close to seventy five percent. I mean, that is uh, that that's impressive, regardless of system. And uh, in spite of system, he's thrown deeper a little more this year, so stretching the field a little bit more really was impressive against. Arkansas. Now, Arkansas was using a lot of that uh, drop eight, and uh, that that helped State get off uh, to a good start in the run game last week. But in the first half, man, Will Rogers would stand back there, and you could just see him going through so many progressions and taking his time, and and eventually coverage breaks down, you know. And and there were a couple of times where one of those rushers got through, but but Rogers, who is not athletic, I mean, when he takes off, mm-hmm. running, you, like you fear for this guy. But when some coverage, or excuse me, when, when some protection broke down, one of those three rushers kind of got close. He just slid out of the pocket a little bit like you want a quarterback to do and made something of the play. I mean, that was impressive. And uh, so Will Rogers is having uh, that kind of year that, that gets, uh, gets you mentioned in Heisman conversations. But, look, it's not going to happen. I don't, I don't even think he gets, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of discussion unless this team keeps winning, okay? And, I mean, they've got to win more than they did last year. Had some nice wins last year uh, at Texas A&M, at a better Auburn team. Uh, But I think uh, for Will Rogers to get serious discussion, to get serious consideration for the Heisman, they've got to beat at least Alabama and maybe Alabama and Georgia. I mean, if you get to November and – this team, you look back and and you see, man, they're on a pace. Maybe uh, maybe ten wins, ten regular season wins. Uh, they've already beaten Alabama and Georgia. That's when that's when uh, the the Will Rogers Heisman meter really really rises. But uh, another reason for this team playing well right now has been the offensive line, and and they've had to make adjustments there. You don't usually lose a left tackle and get better on the offensive line, but uh, the Bulldogs have gone the last two weeks with no sacks allowed. And I think uh, Arkansas was what number four in the nation uh, in sacks. So, and again, a lot of times they were, uh, they were rushing three. Uh, There were times in the second half that, uh, that they were trying to get a little closer to, uh, to, to Will Rogers and uh, Mississippi state's offensive line continued to uh, protect and, and give him, time so it's been two good games three straight home wins two big sec wins at home for the bulldogs and uh, will they be able to bottle up some of that energy and take it to lexington we'll see uh michael we're getting uh near the finish line here talk to me about alabama and tennessee it's the other big game in the sec this week i, I I'm, I'm not gonna put lsu and florida in the big game category right now which you know for years it it would have been but uh both of those teams are kind of transitioning first year head coaches Uh, I do think that game's kind of interesting because I I think Billy Napier at Florida is a good coach and uh, I think he has his teams prepared 
and he coached for quite a few years just down the road from LSU over there at uh, the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Do not get, uh, don't buy the hype, man. There's there's a hyphen there. There, there is no school that is called Louisiana. All right. Now, but I, I wonder if that relationship there, and I know just the little rivalry that exists there and, and being close to LSU, if, if there's something, if there's a little extra something that Billy Napier might bring to the table this week, a little extra desire in this game. So we'll see uh, how LSU and Florida plays out. But Alabama, Tennessee looks like the vibe coming out of Tuscaloosa, I would say, is that Bryce Young will play. Uh, so uh, are you sold on Tennessee? Do you think they get a, a big uh, upset uh, this week? Uh, how does that game play out? This feels like one of those games where you're going to buy into Tennessee because uh, everything has worked for them so far. And Alabama has kind of had, they've had some stuff going on. They haven't always blown people out. I think the way that, you know, we kind of thought they would, but this absolutely feels like the kind of game where Alabama could very well shut down Tennessee just because they're Alabama. And we've done this so many times where we say, wow, this is the team that's going to knock off Alabama. And then it doesn't happen. Uh, I think the most dangerous Alabama team is the one right after almost losing a game. Uh, I think that Texas A&M, I cannot imagine Nick Saban was particularly thrilled uh, after that A&M game that came down to, you know, the goal line uh, with a, a questionable play call from, from Texas A&M that could have, you know, won the game. Uh, I, I, you know, they've had some close calls, but, you know, the Texas game too. Uh, but I think if Bryce Young plays, uh, it's just, I don't know. We've been doing this for so long. I just, it's really hard to pick against Alabama as good as Tennessee is. I don't know if I trust Tennessee's defense uh, quite enough. I, I, I think their offense is really good, but uh, you know, Alabama's Alabama. And I know that they're not, maybe this isn't one of the best Alabama teams per se, but I still think it's a really good team with the Heisman trophy winner quarterback, assuming he plays. And uh, they usually have a way of shutting things down for the most part. Um, I, if, if, you know, if, if Tennessee does do the thing, uh, a lot of credit to Josh Heupel, uh, it's just hard for me to ever pick against Alabama anymore. Yeah, I will take uh, Alabama in this game. I think Bryce Young plays. I think they do not have the turnovers that they had last week that pretty much fueled that uh, Texas A&M, uh, kept them alive, kept them in. And, and so I think you take those away. I think it's going to look a little different and look, man, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's the almost, you know, it's coming off a loss or you almost lost. It's, you know, I think the, uh, the process that Nick Saban likes to talk about was uh, really amped up and, and different uh, in preparation this week in Tuscaloosa folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of justify your existence, where we talk Ole Miss, Mississippi state and the SEC. For Michael Katz, I am Parrish Alford. Thanks for being with us.